Hi, welcome to the cottage. We are a lively outpouring of an exciting adventure into God's riches and glories in Christ Jesus. We regularly work to activate an excitement for the kingdom of God as it is in the now until it comes into its fullness. We invite you to our sessions to explore the heights and depths of God's love in a fuller bandwidth. I'm Dr. Ken, the pastor of a small independent church seeking to return to the Lord's zeal in times where apathy and lethargy rule the day of the complacent. We try to shake things up and offer a temporary home as we travel this sod until we reach higher ground and connect into the everlasting life from above, here on the earth as it is in heaven. For more information, you can email us at thecottage at dken.cc. That is thecottage at dken.cc. To see the sermon slides, you must use the Spotify app. They will appear in a video. Hi, welcome back to the cottage. We're continuing our Walking with Abraham series where we're talking about the potter's house in Jeremiah chapter 18. I want to go to the potter's house tonight. We talked about this on Sunday night, Jeremiah 18, and I went over it pretty quickly. So I wanted to pause, go back to Jeremiah 18 ahead of our reading the missionary letters. So we're in Genesis chapter 15. And we talked about verse 6, and now we're in 16. It says, But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. What's going on here? So God is saying to Abraham that before I can give you the land, the people that are occupying it, I'm dealing with their sin. But it says it's not yet full. And so I wonder if maybe Jeremiah 18 will help us out here. I'm wondering... If this is something that will help us out. So all that mapping we did Sunday night, going back to the paradigm of the promise, and I mentioned that it's conditional based on Jeremiah 18. So let's go to the potter's house and see if this is going to help us. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise, go down to the potter's house, and there will I cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And so... Jeremiah is sent by God to watch the potter work. And God is going to speak to him as the potter works. Now, if any of you have seen those movies, Christian movies, there's one out on Hosea. And it's amazing because they actually have Hosea in that movie um, be a potter. And it's, it's, it's amazing. I think it's called Amazing Love, if you can find that movie. It's, it's the prophet Hosea. But he's actually depicted in that picture as... A potter and so you can see what Jose is doing so you get a picture of what Jeremiah would see if you watch that movie anyway uh, Jeremiah 18 verse 4 and the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter so here the potter is working at the wheel and he's got his clay and it's not working out it, something's there's a battle some something going on there so what does he do? He made it into another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. So it didn't go one way. So he's like, well, I can still do something else with it. So I'm going to work this. So he's reworking it. Amazing thing. And then the word of the Lord came to me. Now Jeremiah said, now God is going to speak to me about what I just saw. O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? So we sing that song. You know, you are the potter. We are the clay. Mold me and make me. You know, after thy will. So, can I not do what I want to do with you? 
And I think this is going, at least this helps me to frame things. That God wants to do things, and sometimes it doesn't turn out the way we want. And I'm 100% sure it doesn't turn out the way God wants. We can look at this world, and I can look in the mirror. So we can know that God, you know, doesn't get what he wants. But he says, but can I still work with you? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so you are in my hand, O house of Israel. Verse 7. At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up, to pull down, and destroy it? Now remember, in Jeremiah chapter 1, these are key terms that God says, I'm going to use to talk to you. And so, when you're dealing with a field and you have to replant, then you, you do this. You go in, you pluck up, you pull down, and you destroy the field so that you can rework it, rework the land. So he's using agricultural language of which he called Jeremiah to way back in chapter 1. If that nation against whom I have pronounced this judgment, just like we talked about Joel chapter 1, if I announce judgment, Joel chapter 1, just like we talked about Sunday night with Jonah when he went to preach to the Ninevites, if that nation against whom I pronounced this judgment turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. And so it's basically on our map when we were going down because of sin, we're going to judgment. But if they turn away from judgment and they turn to God, they're turning away from judgment and God will restore them and get them back on the road to the promise. So that's why I was mapping that out for you so you can understand. So anyone in sin. So what is going on with the Amorites? Perhaps God is waiting. He's trying to give them an opportunity to repent. And if they will repent, then he's going to allow them. Now he already knows that they're not. But he's still giving them the chance anyway. So he's saying, Abraham, things are going on on the other end. I'm doing some things somewhere else that you don't understand. So it's going to take time. Now, Abraham's life takes time. Because the time he's promised a son. And the time he gets a son. And then he already tries another deal in between. That's, that we'll talk about in chapter 16. So that takes time. But he's letting them know even it's going to take time even after that because we're going to do Isaac, we're going to do Jacob, his son Levi, and then the four generations that kick off all the way to the time you get to Moses and God brings them out. So what's going on? He is giving the Amorites a chance to repent. Matter of fact, you know, he would give the Egyptians a chance to repent. Now there's nothing in our Bible that does not tell us that Egyptians did not maybe possibly join the Israelites when they were. Out. It says there was a mixed multitude. In other words, a lot of people must have come to Egypt because of the famines and Joseph and the food. And when they went out, they're actually a mixed multitude. The Bible says that. They're a mixed multitude. And there's nothing to say that there wasn't any Egyptians that decided to go with them. I'm not saying that there are. I'm saying that the Bible doesn't tell us. But it's easy if some of the Egyptians figured out, hey, <laughs> I want to worship this guy, like Rahab did at Jericho. I want to worship this guy. Like Ruth. I want to worship this guy. So we're talking about foreigners. How they're interacting. How they are moving. And God here is talking any nation. Now he's specifically narrowing it down to them. I'm talking to you right now. Jeremiah says I'm talking to you Israel. 
But if any nation repents, then the judgment that they were going to get, they won't get. Why? Because if they're on that map and they're going down and they repent, they turn away and the judgment's down here and they avoid the judgment, get back on track and go toward the promise. That's what he's talking about here. That's why it's conditional. They can avert judgment and get grace if they choose to repent. Verse 9, and what an instance I speak concerning nation, concerning kingdom, to build, to plant it. If, and again, this is Jeremiah's language, build and to plant. If it do evil in my sight, anyone that's good and does evil in my sight, that it obey not my voice, then I'll repent of the good wherewith I said I would benefit them. And what, I'm, what I see here is on that map I showed you, they're headed toward the promise, and the promise doesn't change. But they turn from God, therefore they turn down and they're headed toward judgment. I don't know if you're, if you're understanding now, what I, if you're putting this together, if you got it in your mind. Maybe I should have pulled some images of the map, but I want to take too much time tonight uh, because we've got missionary letter night. But I want you to understand that that's what drives, to me, that's what drives missionaries. We are trying as missionaries to preach to people so that they can turn to God. They can repent. That's what missionaries are all about. So that's what Jeremiah said. Now verse 11. Now therefore go to speak to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I frame evil against you, and devise a device against you. What does God tell them? The same thing we got in Joel chapter 1 and 2. Joel chapter 1. Judgment. Joel chapter 2. Repent. Return. Our map. You're going down. Just turn and get back up on the right path with God. Return ye now every one of you from his evil way and make your ways and your doings good. You've turned away from me. Now, the Bible in Genesis chapter 10 and 11 talks about all these nations, how they came about when they turned away from Yahweh. And they turned to other gods. I mean, I told you, I mean, Millions of gods they have over there in India, in Nepal, Asia. They turn away from God. But any time they can turn to him, that's God's mercy and grace. So any time we can turn, but we can always turn back. No matter which direction we're going. And he is telling them here. So this is how I was putting that map together to understand how it works from Jeremiah and it's also in Ezekiel. It's in Ezekiel chapter 3. It's in, I think, chapter 33, chapter 18. The same thing. The same thing. And God is offering this. And all of this is before Christ. So when John the Baptist comes preaching repentance, it's easy. They understand this because the whole Old Testament preached repentance. It was there all along. So it helps me understand Romans 9 Verse 13, as written, Jacob I have loved, but Esau I have hated. Now Paul is quoting the Old Testament here. How can God love Jacob and how can God hate Esau? How is that possible? Can God hate? And what I think is going on is Jeremiah 18. I think Esau didn't ever really repent to the point that he wanted to turn to Yahweh. Oh, he, he got caught. And he was sorry that he got caught. But he didn't turn to Yahweh. 
Jacob, my Lord, with all he did, the conniving he did. But how could God love him? Simply because Jacob returned to his father, the prodigal son who came home. The amazing story about the prodigal son, the father had two sons. One's at home. And you wonder about that son that lives home, how much he actually loves his father. Because he's just doing his duty. I don't know. Jesus doesn't give him that. But Jesus gets into the younger son, and the younger son is given repentance and restoration by the father, the love of the father. So how can God hate Esau? I think it's because Esau turned away from God, wouldn't come to him. So how, how could God, how could he experience? So I don't think it's God like, I hate Esau. I think it's Esau stuck over here and wouldn't go to God. So he can't experience God's love. I think Esau has withdrawn himself from God's love. And didn't choose. I think Jacob also found himself over here. But Jacob got right with God. And he got participating in God's love. I think that's what happened. Anyway, Romans 9, 14 and 15. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? Because <laughs> God hated Esau, but he loved Jacob. <laughs> God forbid we can't say that. For he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. But how does it work out? Based on our repentance. Based on our choosing. Now skipping down, we're in Romans 9 again, uh, verses 20 and 21. Nay, but O oh man, who art thou that thou repliest against God? We can't bring a charge against God. Shall the thing formed to him that formed it say, Why hast thou made me thus? We ask God all the time why. Why is this? And why is that? And why, 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 why? Can we really ask God why? Hath not the potter power over the clay of the same lump to make one vessel unto honor and another to dishonor? God can do what he wants with either. He can choose. Why does God do this? I don't know. I can't question God. I can only participate in what God's doing. I have to learn to have faith like Abraham. Genesis 15, 6. Abraham believed in God. And that's where I think that the thing is. Of course, he's quoting Isaiah here. He's not quoting Jeremiah. But Isaiah talks about the potter too. Saying, I can, can not the potter do? Can I not do with you? We all have to look in the mirror. And cannot God say can I not do with you what I want to do with you? Will you believe me that I will do it? Despite what you've seen, despite what you know, despite everything, can I not do this? So I think this is what's going on here. And Paul is saying that he is not discluding the Jews. And my mentor fought hard on that until the day he died. His birthday was the September, uh, February 14th, Valentine's Day. He really wanted that kept a secret. <laughs> he was going to release a third novel, and, and he liked to write uh, novels, and he had written two, and he's going to release that in a third novel. And his son accidentally on the internet told everybody it was his birthday <laughs> early, and he never got the. I don't know if they'll ever get the novel out. I don't know if he finished it before he died or not, so I don't know if, it, if it's coming out. But he was wanting to release that. But he would fight all these people that says God's done with Israel. He's like, no. I, I, I'm not saying that that's... I don't see the text that way. He firmly believed that God was not done with Israel. 
God is not done with Israel. There are a lot of people that think he is. He's not done with But it's their choice. Paul is arguing. Are you going to choose what God wants to do now? Are you going to argue with God and it should be this way? The Pharisees, Sadducees, they all wanted God a certain way. The ones out in the desert, the Dead Sea Scrolls, they wanted God to do another thing. They're all wanting God to do whatever they want God to do. And God's like, I can't do that. I, the, the clay's not working out like that. i got to do something else with this clay. And then he brought forth Jesus. Such that they missed it. And they, they crucified him. The church of Jesus' day handed him over to the Romans to be crucified. God's people. Because they couldn't see it. And then Paul is saying, I couldn't see that. And in my zeal like Phineas, I was zealous. And then Jesus stepped in my path and opened my eyes by blinding them first. So that I could see. And, Jesus, and Paul said, I can't believe that Jesus chose me. But he did. And so this is what we're talking about with missionaries. They are going out there doing a Jeremiah 18, offering the repentance for anyone who will believe. Even though they worship foreign gods or other gods. Foreign, you know, I'm not saying American foreign. I'm talking about pagan gods or whatever you want to say. Strange gods. Other spirits. He's offering them a chance. He's offering them a chance, and it's through repentance. So anytime we go in the wrong direction, we just get right again. And God does that. And that's, that's the cross. That's the mercy. And that's what we need to offer people. We need to offer them this, that God can still do it. And we don't need to argue with God. Or like Esau, for whatever reason. Why Esau didn't ever turn toward God? They worshipped their own gods, the Edomites. Why didn't they worship Yahweh? They could have turned. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have this mercy and grace. That you call out through the prophet Jeremiah to the nations. The reason why God judges sin and nations is to offer us the gift of repentance and everlasting life. And we must remember that. That whoever, we're praying for these missionaries and they are in places where people do not worship you. And they're offering them this mercy and grace through Jesus Christ, our high priest after the order of Melchizedek, the one who knew Abraham. And Abraham believed and you accounted it to him for righteousness. Help us to trust you. That you are the potter and we are the clay. And you're going to mold us however you will. And sometimes when we fight against you, then you'll mold us another way when we fail. But you're still going to use us. And you're still going to get the job done. Because of your love, your mercy and grace. It's contingent upon our participation with you to turn our lives over to you and that's how judgment is avoided there's a reality two realities life and death in the spirit two realities choose life or choose death and you chose to choose life so even when we falter or even when other people falter and they cannot figure out they're trying to make you <laughs> 
They're trying to be the potter and make you the clay. And they want to mold you, God, and what you, they want you and your word to say for them. And they're missing out on repentance. They're missing out on the fact that they should allow you to be the potter to mold them into what you want. But they, the world has molded you and some atheists don't even believe you exist. They have chosen to be the potter. Adam and Eve chose to be a potter when they chose their own destiny by picking that fruit. But you offered them repentance and through them eventually Christ came and through Christ we have come. And we need to bring Christ to others. So as we read these stories of the missionaries, I pray that we will understand the goodness and mercy and grace that you offer in Jesus Christ. And that even the Jews that we are reading about that they would also, according to Romans 9, make the choice for what you want for them. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this broadcast. You can find out more about us at dkend.cc. That's D-K-E-N dot C-C. We look forward to seeing you next time. God bless you.